want you to know right now before I preach this that I'm preaching it to me as well as you. <clears throat> so the title of it is Core Beliefs. So what is your focus? What are your core beliefs? I've asked God for something that will shake you to the bones and change you into what he wants. So what is your focus on life right now? Is it kids? School? Job? Sports? Your mate? Vacation? Retirement? God? Seems like a simple question, but it's a soul-searching one. Who's directing you? Who's teaching you? Who's leading you? Who's changing you? Our lives are full of choices. And we make some awesomely good. And we make some extremely bad. You may be saying, well, I don't get a choice. I just have to live with what I've got. And I would say everybody makes hundreds of choices every day. Life is a series of choices, and the way it plays out depends on the choices you make along the way. And there is a consequence to every choice. Good or bad, there is a consequence. So from your eyelids, what is your perspective of your life? What are you looking at? Is it a wonderful event to be lived to the fullest, or is it a pit to suffer through? Core beliefs create your view of life. <clears throat> That's for my, for my throat if it gets where I can't talk. The way you see life may seem absolutely good to you, but it may not be. You may be deceived, because if your beliefs are distorted, tainted, full of deception, then so is your life. If your beliefs are good and full of life, agreeing with God and His Word then your view of life will be full of joy. I shouldn't have said that about those things because now I'm needing water. The way you see life, the way you see, see life, 
is what you will become because what you think you will become. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Instead of believing God for our happiness, we put tremendous pressure on someone else to be the person that makes us happy. As children, we expect our parents to make us happy. And as adults, we expect our mate to make us happy. Or our friends or our boss or someone. We get married and we have the core belief that we'll be happy ever after. But guess what? God planned to be our happiness. He planned to meet every need. He planned to give us the desires of our heart and to even create new desires far above what we could ask, think, or imagine. That's Ephesians 3.20. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask, think, or imagine. He planned to cause us to prosper and live in good health as our soul prospers. He planned to heal us of all sickness and disease. And he planned for us to love and serve him all our days and to have sweet fellowship with us. He planned for us to be happy as we center our lives around him and not around anyone else on the planet. But we've neglected to cause our core beliefs to be the same as God's, and so what have we done? We've picked up the world's beliefs. Therefore, all these good things that God has for us are not happening. If our beliefs don't line up with God's word, then our beliefs are wrong. Now, if you think I'm stepping on your toes, I'm stepping on my toes, so we'll just step on toes together. We let our circumstances determine our mood, our emotions, our words, and our actions. So, do you think that's the world's beliefs? Mm -hmm. Listen closely to this. What you believe and think after things happen to you creates who you are. It is what you believe and think after things happen to you that create who you are. 
You are your deep-rooted beliefs. It's hard to take, but it's the truth. Your belief system makes up who you are. What you believe, you can receive. What you don't believe, you cannot receive. So this is our main scripture today. Proverbs 4.23. I know you got scriptures up there, but <clears throat> they're a little far away from me. Keep your heart or guard your heart with all diligence. With all diligence. For out of it flow the issues of life. And then there's Psalm 119.11. It says, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. And then Mark 15.18. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile a man. So your heart's made up of three things, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And you say, well, why take care of my mind? You know, you can't see your mind. But it's a tool that you think with. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You are what you think so you must take care of your mind and be on guard about what it thinks, sees, or hears because what you think is usually what you've been seeing or hearing. And then there's the will. God gave us a free will and the right to choose. Abundant life's available to every one of us. But if you do not guard your will, you may choose a sin life and miss what God created you for. And then there's emotions. Take care of your emotions. Well, we need to guard, contain, and care for our emotions so we can feel what God feels. Respond to others with true care and concern. You know, many emotions are available to us, and they're negative ones, and they're the devils. So to experience guard we, God, we must guard our emotions and patter them after God and not the devil. God is full of all kinds of emotions, and we are created in his image. So it's good to be happy and full of joy and even angry and sin not. That's a little hard to do. And brokenhearted over what makes God brokenhearted and grieve over what makes God grieve and laugh at what causes God to laugh. God sits in the heavens and laughs at the devil. We have to guard our heart because out of our heart flow 
the issues of life. And whatever I do in word or deed flows from this heart. So when you take a scripture and make it yours, then every issue of your life begins with that scripture and you build on you build your life on that scripture. I want to give you an example. Did you ever have a day when everything went wrong? I think we probably all have. Let me read that scripture one more time. Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. But if you've been guarding your mind, will, and emotions, then you know that you have these protected, your heart protected, so that God is right there on the scene with you. He quickens your mind to find solutions. He sends peace to your emotions before they can explode. But it... If this is just a scripture and it isn't a core belief, then probably it'll be a very disturbing event. Situations and circumstances don't surprise God. They just surprise us. We act out what we truly, really believe. So we need to examine our beliefs and see if we have some that are lies or they're part truths. And I'm not going to tell you that you have to get these out of you. You can't do that by yourself because they are ingrained within you. Philippians 4, 8, and 9 says, finally, brethren, or finally, Living Word Fellowship congregation, or finally, Christians, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report, if there's any excellence and Anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. When it's core belief, then every issue, every moment, every care of life begins with a scripture, and you will build on it and respond to everything that happens to you, about you, for you, out of that scripture. For example... This is a small issue. You get home from work after a busy and hard day. And you're hungry. And you are exceptionally tired. And you find the house is a literal mess. And there's no meal started or even thought about. The TV is broken. You need clothes for tomorrow, and no laundry's been done. And the second car your mate uses is broken down, 
and will have to go to the shop, and someone will have to see to it that your spouse gets to work. It's storming outside, and you've just been issued a tornado warning. Keep or guard your heart. <laughs> Diligently, for out of it flow the issues of life. Now, if this is one of your core beliefs, you will immediately know that the issues of life have all gathered together in a large group to create a circumstance or situation that is very difficult to handle. Do you agree with that? But if you do this, get you a scripture, if you think all the time on these things, then there will be always a plan for you to succeed no matter what the devil brings. When our life reactions are based on scripture that has formed our core beliefs, and these are planted in us, here's what happens. We stop complaining about everything. We stop judging others. We stop trying to change our mate or anyone else who bugs us. Because we've learned that the behavior of others doesn't control how we feel and how we act. Well, by now you're thinking, I have a lot of wrong beliefs. <laughs> or I have a lot of beliefs that are just partially formed, and it's easier to just revert back to what I believe in the first place than to try to put new ones in. Well, first we have to understand that half or more of the things you believe have been told you by someone else. It doesn't mean it's true or valid, but it's very comfortable, even if it is wrong. For example, my body is ugly because I am fat. Or I don't have a good job, so I'm a failure. Well, maybe you don't think these beliefs are very important, but your beliefs affect your basic assumption of who you are and what the world is like from your view. Everything you've experienced, everything your parents, your teachers, your friends have ever said to you, all the books you've ever read, I've read plenty, all the TV shows and movies you've ever watched, form as lens for you to view your world. All these things and these people become a filter or belief through which you interpret everything you see, hear, taste, touch, and smell. 
That's why they're very important. This is what you use to determine if it's safe or dangerous, or if it's good or bad, or if it's pleasure or pain. So your interpretation of life, looking through this lens of your own unique belief system, affects what you decide is really true. I want to read you a small portion of my journal to God. And I listed things I needed to change, and I told him there were just too many of them. I couldn't do it. <clears throat> and this is his reply. I know, but my word in your heart eats the wrong beliefs, bite by bite, even when you're just going around your day and sleeping at night. You plant it. And I will cause it to be nurtured, watered, and grow, you know not how. You put it into your heart that has all these beliefs that are contrary to me and my word, and then you think on the truth, and the rest is done by me. But I can't do the swallowing up of wrong beliefs unless you put in the words of truth. Otherwise, you will never change. This is a supernatural work, and you do your part, which is the natural. And I will do the supernatural. How many times have you heard Eric say that? And you have new core beliefs that change your view of you and your life. I'd say he pretty well nailed it, wouldn't you? Often these beliefs are hidden in our subconscious, but they still affect our thinking, and we're not even aware of it. Your beliefs make up or are the foundation of your thoughts. But your thoughts strengthen your beliefs. And I pray today that this will be the beginning of a major decision to build your beliefs on God's Word and overcome those that are not true. It's not enough just to agree with the Word of God. We'll have to think on it, plant it, speak it, meditate it, till it settles in and we own it. Some of you will say, well, I believe the Bible. And I agree with every scripture. Well, to some degree, that's probably true. But you cannot say all the word is your core belief. I would dare say most of you can't say you have a specific scripture that is your core belief. I know Eric has one, Pastor Eric. <laughs> It's trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge God and he will direct you. Well, I have two. Luke ten nineteen. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on ser serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. 
and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And my other one is Luke 4, 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And if you had those two beliefs in you, then every you have every healing scripture embedded, meditated, and it's become your core belief. When, then when sickness comes, we would simply drive it away. So I can tell you, we haven't got there yet. But we're working on it. And if our belief is that God is good and there's no darkness in him, then we would never blame God for death, destruction, disease, or anything bad. If our core belief is that God created us to take dominion in this earth, then no demon could turn our world upside down. And if our core belief is that we have no other gods before Jehovah God, then TV or boating or family or work or money or movies or football or whatever would never come before God. Do you see that we have made the truth of God's word our core beliefs? Because the truth is, do you see that we have not made the truth of God's word our core beliefs? Because the truth is, we act on what we truly, really believe. Well, what about the core belief that the believer shall lay hands on the sick? Well, if that really is a core belief, then we would go around looking for someone to lay our hands on. I have done that. But I got reprimanded pretty hard about it. Um, or about the belief that Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom, and he told us we would do greater things than he did. Are you doing those greater things? Or the belief that Jesus died and rose again and sits at the right hand of the Father, and we are, we are to be offering this salvation to whoever would receive it. Now, I want you to understand this sentence. We believe those scriptures. I'm not saying we don't believe them. We do believe them. But they are not our core belief. Do you understand the difference? We have to own the core belief. It has to get in us, and nothing can take it out. We believe these scriptures, but they are not core beliefs because we become what we believe wholeheartedly and what we think on in our heart. 
which is your mind, will, emotions. Our beliefs generate or cause our thoughts. Our thoughts create our emotions. Our emotions cause our behavior. Your happiness and contentment in this life depends entirely on your beliefs, regardless of what others do to you. So will you think about making these your foundation? Would you call things that be not as though they are? Would you ask for wisdom because God gives it liberally? Would you ask and receive and seek and find and knock and the door would be opened? Would you let your new core beliefs come from God and his word? Would you then live in victory, advancing the kingdom of God and taking dominion over evil and declaring the goodness of God? Would you then be seeking the kingdom of God and receiving all, all the things you need added to you? When the truths I'm bringing today become real to us, we'll work on ourselves and not the character and actions of other people. You can't change the way you believe by just wanting to. You have to act on changing it. So I ask you, what do you believe about God? What are the major beliefs that you base your life on? I told you earlier that no person can make you happy or unhappy. Your ability to be happy or unhappy is entirely in your hands. You will be as happy as the beliefs in your heart allow you to be. The key to changing your life is the tremendous power of learning to control your thoughts. See, it isn't just your words that you speak. It's your thinking. When your thinking is wrong all day long, it will, it will accumulate so much that everything would look bad. Everything would seem like um, there's no hope for anything. So you've got to control your thoughts. What you think on all day long, over a long period of time, seeps into your heart. And then it's a belief. You have To have a fulfilling life is not to have a new home or be a millionaire or have a new vehicle, or new clothes, or new job, or new furniture, or a great savings account, or a lot of food on your table, and it goes on and on. Because to have a fulfilling life is to find rest, the best and most truthful thoughts to think on day and night, and store them deep in your heart, as beliefs according to the Word of God, 
And then every desire of your heart is fulfilled, and every need is met over and above and beyond. Anything we could ask, think, or imagine. According to the Word of God, what you think on is what you become, or what you or who you become, or another way to say it is what you think about is what you come to believe. If you have spent your life blaming others, or you are blaming circumstances for the quality of your life, then today is a life-changing message for you, because all that can be changed. If your life or any part of it is miserable because of what someone else has done to you or because of something you don't have or because of something you have lost or because something doesn't work, then you have relinquished, turned loose of the control of your life. So all you have to do now is change or revise some of your deepest beliefs. And it can be done because it's God's will and it's his way and it's his desire. And it is a miraculous supernatural thing. It's very simple, but it's not easy. Guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it flow the issues of life. Okay, here is how you're going to do this. You don't try to delete all the things that you believe that are wrong or have been passed down to you from your parents, teachers. You know, every day we talk to people. And so all of that goes into us. So I'm going to tell you, all you have to do is add the new beliefs of the Word of God. So it doesn't sound like it's too hard, because God said he would eat them up bite by bite. When you start sowing the truth of what God has said about you, about others, about life, about death, about heaven and about hell, about family, about children, about marriage, and on and on. These core beliefs will wipe out the old ones that are untrue or partially true, or they're just a scripture that you never really owned. Now, this is not going to take six months or a year or two years. You can make extreme mighty changes in only two weeks of concentrated thinking on the Word of God and letting his truth become alive in your inner being. I dare you to do this. I double dare you to start speaking and thinking and saying and memorizing and meditating on scripture that applies specifically to you and your life, and then you can begin to look at the changes 
that will happen. One more time. Guard your heart. For out of it flow the issues of life. So, Father, we just thank you for this word. And we ask you to help us get these core beliefs inside us. And I know you've told us how, but but um, it still seems hard to do. So, Father, we just we just look to you to show us how to change our core beliefs. And I thank you for everyone that's here. Or in the sound of my voice. And I pray that, that as the day goes, you'll think about what was said this morning. In Jesus' name. I really, I really know because I was teaching this, I think I had to live through it <laughs> myself already. And then I still, I still get to. So I guess I want help. I want the rest of you to do it too. So if you need prayer, we're here to pray for you. Otherwise, you are dismissed. <laughs>